At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Here's your host, Danny Burke. All righty, folks, welcome to it. It is the final week of the regular season throughout the National Football League. Welcome to it. Another episode here on Beeson's Pro Football Betting Podcast. I am your host, Danny Burke. You can follow along on Twitter at Danny Burke 5. And hey, we got a combined show today. Special treat is we not only have Matt Humans at Matt Humans 247 on the tweets, but we got Mike Palm at Mike Palm Circa on Twitter. We are combining us three together. Since it's kind of a wonky week, the last week of the regular season, and it's going to be different like this throughout the playoffs. So we'll have the trio together throughout our remaining time. But gentlemen, happy to have you with us. Uh, Before we get into the slate, we got a couple games on Saturday, the rest on Sunday. Mike, it is the final week. Circus Survivor looks like we still have the same three teams remaining. Why don't you let the people hear the update for what teams they have available, and then we'll kind of, you know, say who we may choose for this upcoming slate. Uh, yep, the, the three survived, the two entries on the Giants, the enemy within, and Brown A, and then the entry on the Lions with Jed. So, you know, Danny, as I look at it, they're very limited in their choices this weekend. All three of them do have Jacksonville, uh, a six, six-and-a-half-point favorite against Tennessee for the AFC South. I don't think Brown A has another choice. He saved the Chargers last week, but now the Chargers, it doesn't look like they're going to be playing for much or trying too much. I mean, they went from a three-point favorite to now a dog uh, in Denver. The enemy within still has Minnesota. 
Uh, interesting as that line ballooned off the news that they were going to start everybody and play for the two seed. And then, of course, Justin Fields getting benched there. And I'm surprised no birthday cake or no decorations for Virginia McCaskey behind you today, Danny. Her 100th <laughs> birthday, celebrating her 100th birthday Good today. And then the, Jed has Seattle, has Jacksonville and Seattle. Also an interesting choice. They're playing before the Packers in Detroit, so... Obviously, they need to win and get some help from the Lions, but uh, a a six-and-a-half, six-point home favorite against the Rams. So two of the gentlemen have options. Now, obviously, if they wanted to chop this up, Danny and Maddie, they just all take Jacksonville, and no matter the result, they get $2 million. So that's not a bad option either. Matt, what would you do in this situation? I would make an agreement with the other guys. We all take Jacksonville, and then they turn in Jacksonville, and I would turn in the Vikings. Ah, oh, come on. No, I'm just kidding. You, I mean, I know what a senior editor makes here at VEASAN, so I mean, that, the money not even really relevant for you. Yeah, I, I don't know why the Bears played Justin Fields last week. We'll talk about that game. <laughs> <laughs> they, they throw Justin Fields out there in a meaning, meaningless game to get sacked seven times and get injured. And uh, now, well, we're not going to play him in week 18, uh, but we'll talk about that one later. I, I think with the amount of money at stake, agree with the other guys and just chop it up. You, you know, they make a good point, and yeah. when it gets to be this big, when you're down to three and it's $2 million, who has enough money to make a proper right. hedge bet? You, they, don't. You, you just don't, right? You just and, don't. And it's, I think it's life-altering money for everybody. It is. I mean, it, if you're cashing out for $2 million, you, you would take it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 10 times out of 10, yeah. you're saying yes to that deal. So we'll be fascinating to see what they end up choosing at Circus Sports on Twitter, where you can keep up to date with that and the Circa Millions contest. It's been a blast up to this point, and will be very exciting to see how that concludes. Danny, can All I right, talk, guys, can I talk yeah, about ahead, the millions? I know we don't talk about the millions yeah. a lot, but it's the last week. Um, first, and I know that we'll get into this with what happened with Hamlin on Monday night. Uh, so in the contest here, if you took the Bills or you took the Bengals, and a lot of people were on the Bengals, it was the fifth most popular pick, you get a half point. A game that is not completed is a half point. I know at the Westgate it's not, it's zero. Mm-hmm. So just for that. And then the other thing I wanted to note is we did not list Bills and Patriots in the card this week for the millions. Mm-hmm. Only because with the possibility the game won't be played, it's an opportunity for people just to lock up a half point, and we didn't think that was fair. So we left it off the card. Enut who is a plumber that lives in Illinois. We know this because he came out. He finished second, solo second in the second quarter. So he picked up a check for 60000 already. He has a point lead right now going into the last week. But first through 10th place, only separated by two and a half points. So it'd be very interesting final week. And, of course, the quarterly, the quarterly booby, and the season booby all up for grabs here in week 18. Matt, how are you doing in your uh, Superbook contest? And uh, are you doing both or just the one? I know no, you've I did been the Circuit Millions and the uh, Westgate Superbook, but I faded in the final five weeks, so let's not talk about it. I was actually, <laughs> I think through the first five weeks, I was in the top ten in both contests. Yeah. And it was all downhill from there. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a wonky year, that's for sure. I know my Wonky been seems been to be twice. Danny's word of the day. He's used wonky <laughs> yeah. now twice. But hey, it hit the over, got to cash that in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, okay. let's dive into it. Saturday, Chiefs and Raiders, Kansas City still vying for that top seed. Uh, we saw Kansas City open up as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Now it looks like nine to nine in the hook is the consensus number right in between that spot. Uh, total here open 50, now up to 52 in the hook. Mike, I'll let you go first. What do we make of this game to get this Week 18 kicked off? I make nothing of it. Uh, I'm not interested in it at all, Danny, Um, but only interested in, well, the Chiefs, 
it's it's so convoluted with this game. I don't think they can make up the Bills-Bengals game. And so we're hearing all kind of different alternatives, whether they give the one seed the op- option of having uh, a home game, uh, the home field, or having to play or getting the bye with the two seed. We've heard if two of these three teams are involved, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, you play them on neutral sites in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We heard about adding an eighth team to fill out the bracket so there's no bye. It's crazy. But it looks as if the Chiefs may have walked their way, backed their way into a one seed here with Buffalo. Now, now who's saying Buffalo would have won that game? But the ability now to almost lock up the one seed with a win here, obviously it's important to them. I don't know what to make uh, of the Raiders right now and where they're at. Obviously, the performance last week was encouraging against this 49ers defense. They're really the first team that moved the ball up and down the field in the 49ers in about eight weeks. Um, But you have to think the Chiefs with a lot to play for in this game Nine's probably about the right number, and I'm really not interested in the game. <laughs> well, the Chiefs are one and six ATS in their past seven. They are not covering numbers, and uh, their defense leaves a little bit to be desired. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to move the ball pretty easily on this uh, Las Vegas defense. And what the Raiders did last week might have been a little bit of a fluke. You pile up 500 total yards and 34 points on the NFL's number one scoring defense. I did think Josh McDaniels was going to call a better game plan, a more aggressive game plan for Jarrett Stidham because he wanted Stidham to look good. That's his guy. And part of what was holding Derek Carr back, I think, was the play calling. It was also Derek Carr's poor play. It was a combination of both. But what the Raiders did last week did not surprise me that much. I don't know if they can do it again. And uh, Josh Jacobs ran for 21, excuse me, ran the ball 21 times for 154 yards the first time these teams met. You can beat this Chiefs defense on the ground. You can also beat it through the air. Uh, I actually kind of like the dog here. I don't think the Raiders are going to play dead. The number is nine right now. It's circa nine and a half in a lot of spots. I'm not sure if this one's going to get up to ten. But I'm thinking about playing the dog in this game. The Chiefs, like Mike said, clinch the top seed if they win. Uh, What's that mean? We're not sure yet. But I'm, I'm pretty sure the Chiefs are going to get the win. Let's, I, think, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a very similar game to what we saw last week between the Niners and the Raiders. For sure. I'm kind of with Mike. I've got no interest in this one, but I would probably lean like you, Matt, toward taking the points with the Raiders. If it's going to be a high-scoring game, you probably think that gives the Raiders a chance to cover that number, especially against this Chiefs defense that has been slacking continuously the back half of this season. And we'll see if Stidham can recreate that magic. But uh, yeah, that one all the way up to nine in the hook. Total again, up to 52 in the hook. A game that could feature a lot of scoring, as the market is indicating. Danny, but just to uh, just to follow up on that quickly, the Chiefs are nine and one in their last ten games. They've covered two of those games. I mean, that's very Jeez. odd to see something like that. But that tells you the Chiefs are a little bit overvalued in the betting market. No doubt. All right, gentlemen, let's talk a big matchup here with Jacksonville and Tennessee. If you win, you are in. There are kind of some other scenarios here. For example, if the Patriots. Dolphins and Steelers lose and the Jags win the AFC South. The Patriots could get into the number seven spot. If the Patriots lose to the Bills, Dolphins lose to the Jets, Steelers lose to the Browns, Jags lose this game. The Jags could still get in the seventh seed. So there's all these kind of weird things. But plain and simply, if the Jags win, they're in. Titans win. They are in. And we do see Jacksonville up to a six and a half point favorite. Total open 39 in the hook. Mike, now it is up to 40. It's a very interesting game, and one of the games you know both teams are playing for. It's a, it's a, it's a, a division championship game. 
So, Maddie, after week three, I made a bet on the Jags to win the division at plus 380 and had really thrown it away, right? I mean, they, they played so poorly. Now suddenly that ticket is live, so I've got to figure out a way how to play this game. I'm thinking of teasing Tennessee up with another team that I like the best and getting this, you know, up, up, up mm-hmm. to 13 in this spot. Here's the thing that scares me and why I think I need to monetize my position. One, you've given Vrabel <coughs> two full weeks to game defensive game plan this game because remember the Dallas game was completely meaningless to them other than looking at Dobbs as a quarterback option. And two, saying that, they played on Thursday. They're off extra rest than the Jaguars. Now, I think the Jaguars are the better team. I think Lawrence has played great recently. They look like a legitimate playoff team, unlike maybe Tampa Bay as a four seed that can make noise. Maybe the Jags can. I mean, the AFC's loaded. Um, I don't think the Titans can win this game. But, you know, I put Vrabel right up there amongst the best coaches in the league, and he might be able to keep this close. So my bets, I have to tell you, are motivated by my position that I have on ten, on uh, on Jacksonville. Well, I like your bets, both of them. <laughs> and uh, Circa opened this seven down to six and a half. Is it going to go back to seven? I'm not sure, but I'll take the Titans either way. I like them in this game. And what Mike said is right. Vrabel's going to have a good game plan here for Jacksonville. Uh, when you're talking about division opponents, you know each other inside and out. Mike Vrabel is going to know how to uh, slow down this Jaguars offense. And he's had a couple weeks to prepare for this game because this game has meant everything. And I also think he's doing a smart thing here by starting Joshua Dobbs, a quarterback, because it's obvious Malik Willis is not the guy to get it done. And uh, that's a decision that not many head coaches would make on the fly. Hey, we just signed this guy. We're going to throw him into the fire and then start him in the most important game of the season. But they're going to rely on Derrick Henry and their defense. And don't forget, the Titans are always better in the underdog role. And the Cowboys game's a little bit of a, a toss out. Just kind of draw a line through it. Doesn't mean a whole lot. But this is a game that means everything. And from the Jaguars' perspective, Danny, they just want to win this game by one point. Right. You know? And uh, Doug Peterson's a conservative guy when he gets the lead. And the coaches in this type of situation, a lot of coaches, they will get very tight and conservative when they have a lead. And all they know they have, all they need is a win to get in. Uh, and that's why I'd be very hesitant to lay the points, and I'd rather take the points here with the Titans. Yeah, and I completely understand that. And look, I think what I'm doing in this game is what a lot of people will do, and that's teasing down the Jaguars. I really just think Jacksonville clearly has the advantage with the quarterback and just overall offensive weapons. And yeah, Derrick Henry is going to be a huge focal point in this game, as he is in every spot for Tennessee. But Surprisingly enough, Jacksonville's run defense has been fairly stout, allowing just 4.2 yards per rush attempt the entire year, which is top five. And then that has been narrowed down to 3.7 over the last three games. Again, you got to take that a little bit into context. But I think if you understand that Derrick Henry is going to be that main guy and you're forcing Joshua Dobbs in his biggest game of his life to make the necessary throws, I'm still going to take my chances with the more experienced coach in the postseason and Doug Peterson, the better. <laughs> better quarterback in Trevor Lawrence and I'll at least tease him down. So like you guys are saying, just win the game for Jacksonville. I think that's a tad bit more alluring than it is to lay about six, six and a half or seven wherever this number ends up. So that's going to be one of the teams involved in my teaser. Uh, but yeah, should be a great one to end off Saturday night. 
Gentlemen, on Sunday, to kick things off, let's talk about Miami and New York being the Jets. Uh, the Jets squandered their chances into the postseason last week against the Seahawks, but still we're seeing them as about a uh, one, one-and-a-half point favorite out there. Uh, looks like South Point actually has this game at a pick -em. Total opened around 42. Now it is down to 38 in the hook. Miami needs this win, and they need the Patriots to lose to Buffalo. Um, Mike, do you think that Miami has what it takes to get the job done against this Jets team? It's interesting to move off the Skylar Thompson starting uh, point, and then Glennon, they signed Glennon, so he actually might see time. I mean, Skylar Thompson couldn't get through the Minnesota game. No Miami quarterback can get through 60 minutes of football, seemingly, uh, including Tua. Um, I don't know, necessarily agree with the move to one and a half, and I don't know that Skylar Thompson's a worse alternative than Bridgewater. Bridgewater was... Pretty darn bad in, in, in New England. I think if they'd have had Skylar Thompson, they'd have had a better shot to win that game. Mm -hmm. I don't think he makes as many mistakes, and he's a young guy. Um, so I, I think the game should probably be around a pick, but is one and a half enough to motivate me to make a bet? No. Uh, I might look at the under, and it's moved yeah. so much already. But look, this Jets team is so bad in the red zone. They just do nothing but kick field goals in the red zone. That's been their problem. If this team could punch it in the end zone, they'd be in the playoffs this year. So I, I lean under here, but no play for me. Yeah, no bet uh, for me on this game either. I think the Dolphins have a better chance with Skylar Thompson. And in fact, I'm still ticked off at him because uh, he drove the Dolphins into the back door against the Patriots when I'm laying two and a half last week. Cost me a $6,000 middle on the total. Did it? I had a middle, Jeez. no more points or a field goal. He converts fourth and nine, and then whatever that was coming out of the two-minute break, and it, it, it and, and changed the side as well. Just a, just a bizarre finish to that game, too. What was too. the New England fourth down play? I, he I, just ran backwards. I've got video <laughs> of the New England fourth down play on my phone. I've watched it ten times. What the hell were the Patriots doing on fourth down? They had no, they had no receivers looking for the ball. Uh -uh. Mac Jones drops back ten yards, falls down. And they set up the uh, the backdoor drive for the Dolphins. I love the decision on fourth down. If they convert, the game's over because you're at the two-minute warning. But what no was time. that play? No. He ran backwards and knelt down. And th not one receiver was looking back no. for the ball. It was one of the worst play designs you're ever going to see. Surprising out of Matt Patricia. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm very uncharacteristic. But, uh, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about the Patriots later. But uh, uh, no, no bet on the Jets-Dolphins game. Yeah, I'm with you guys. That's a stinker. Don't even know what to expect. I've got nothing in that game. All right, what about this next one? Then let's take it to the AFC North. Pittsburgh hosting Cleveland. The Browns got nothing to play for unless they want to be spoilers. And Pittsburgh obviously needs a win here. And they need both the Dolphins and the Patriots to lose. And they, of course, like I said, have to win their game. And they are all playing at the same time. So that is going to be a factor if you want to back a team like Pittsburgh here. Um, again, this one opened close to a pick but Pittsburgh has received the love. Now laying two and a hook across the board. Total open 42. It's down to 40. I'm just going to throw some stats out there for you guys. So over the last three games, defensively, both of these teams have been fairly solid, limiting opponents to just four and a half yards per play, which is second fewest in the NFL. Offensively over the last three, though, Pittsburgh getting about five yards per play. Cleveland at four and a half, which is third fewest in the NFL. We know Deshaun Watson has not been anything solid for this Cleveland team since he has been implemented. Pittsburgh over the last three games in the red zone, their efficiency rate has gone up to 71 and a half percent. Cleveland offensively just at 30 percent. And look, we know Cleveland loves to run the ball, but Pittsburgh has the fourth best run defense, according to DVOA. 
I like Pittsburgh in this spot, Matt. I took him a little bit on the money line here, minus 135. I always got a sneak and a money line play there for Mike. I know he loves when I do that. But look, it's a win and in time. We're not in, but you need to win to help your chances getting in for Pittsburgh. And even if I took that out of the mix, looking at it just from the pure statistical standpoint and the matchup standpoint, Matt, right now, I just think Pittsburgh's a better coach team and just a better team overall. That's stunning that you would think that, Danny. Stunning. You would think that that Mike Tomlin's better than Kevin Stefanski. Both the, borderline Hall of Famers. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I think Stefanski's one of the most overrated coaches in the league, and he has been uh, for a few years. You like him? How about the fourth and one call where he brought Jacoby Brissett in against the Bengals to throw Brutal. a fly route into the oh, end zone? Man, <laughs> he, does, he does a lot of strange stuff. I, I don't understand the love for Stefanski. I really never have. This is an odd line to me, a two and a half. Uh, because uh, why are why aren't the Steelers full three point favorites in this? Why aren't they four? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but why aren't they at least a full yeah. three? Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh's five and one in the last six games has allowed an average of fourteen and a half points in those games. Seven and two when T.J. Watts out there on that defense, and they need to win this game. The Browns it means nothing. Um, I just don't. When you see a line that's suspicious like this, you're hesitant to pull the trigger. This is a suspicious number to me, and that's why I'm I'm going to wait this one out before uh, I'll probably end up playing Pittsburgh. But if I lose it, I'm not going to be stunned because you've been doing this long enough. When you see these suspicious numbers, you know better than to bite sometimes. But we have a limited menu to pick from this week, Mike. We don't have a college card, so when you're coming up with five plays, you know, for a contest or five plays in the Circuit Millions, I'll probably end up playing the Steelers, but something's not right about the Steelers only being two-and-a-half-point favorites here. By the way, Deshaun Watson's only getting a little bit better. Believe me, he's not, he's, he's not even a top-20 quarterback right now. Mike, what do you think for this spot? I know you're sweating out, uh, of course, Pittsburgh here going over your win total, your alternate win total of eight and a half. You need your team to pull through. Are we hedging here? Well, Danny, I thought I would at least get be able to take three with Cleveland, and I, that's the way I would play it. But at two and a half, I have to play the money line because how, how can I think it's going to come one or two? Right. I also think that it's suspicious total. I 40. These Pittsburgh games have all been 35 and 36, and all of a sudden it's 40. I don't think we can underestimate how important it is, not only for their playoff hopes, but for them to preserve this Tomlin never having having a losing season. Mm-hmm. They, they've, they've pulled all these games out down the stretch to get there. I got 2-1 to one on that ticket. The alternate went over. Yep. Um, so I'm probably going to end up taking plus f- try to find 135 or something on the Browns here as a small hedge. I like Pittsburgh in the game, but as Maddie says, remember we talked about that Tennessee game a couple weeks ago at the line four and said how won- these wonky lines stay away. Danny took them. I said, Danny, don't play this game. The line is too fishy. Stay away from the game, and they got routed. Um, so yep. look, look, uh, yeah, for me and my book, it's not a play, but for me, I'm, I'm going to end up, if it's, if it's three, I take three. Um, I was hoping actually when the week came up, I said, well, maybe they're four, four and a half. And I take that nice number, you know, cover, cover the three and yeah. the four, but I'll end up on a small money line play here. If it stays under three, I mean, the Steelers winning five of six yeah. to get to this point <laughs> to where they can get Tom on a winning season, get to the playoffs. <laughs> Are they going to lose at home to the Browns? I would think not, but why is this number two and a half? Mm. (laughs) 
Yeah, we have seen crazier things, but that should be a good one too. Steelers needing to win that game. And like Matt reiterated, now lane two in the hook all across the board. Uh, gentlemen, a game that has uh, quite the opposite here. Uh, the Colts and the Texans, nothing on the line except for a higher draft pick. The Colts now a two and a half point favorite. One book has three out there in your neck of the woods. Total open 39, now down to 38. Sam Ellinger versus Davis Mills, it looks like. I don't want to get involved because it's so disgusting, Mike, but the Colts, I feel like with Saturday here and I don't know, Ellinger trying to play for his job, not that Mills isn't, but the Texans have more incentive to tank to get that number one pick, I suppose. So it just seems like the Colts are the right side, but do I really want to bet this gross of a game? I, I don't think I can get there. Are they? How bad must Ellinger look in practice that he hasn't gotten in till now. That's what I keep asking myself. Well, he got in. He he got one shot, remember, and then yeah. he got benched. Well, that yeah. was a tough spot in New England, and mm-hmm. they go 0 for 14 on third down or whatever that was that day. <laughs> right. But but you know, I I just you saw how Foles played on Monday night, and then he came back with Foles. So I think the better quarterback resides in Houston with the Texans here. Not that I'm going to play the game, but I would never lay any points with the Colts in this spot. <laughs> uh, to me, this comes down to. Is Lovey Smith dumb enough to win this game? He might be. Because well. if you lose, you you get the number one pick as the Texans. You lose, you get the number one pick, so you have to lose. Are you taking Bryce Young if you have the number one pick, Manny? Well, they've got four months to figure it out. Yeah. And I think Bryce Young would probably be the smartest decision because mm-hmm. you got to have a franchise quarterback. You know, but from the Texans' perspective, too, the 2024 draft is going to be loaded with quarterbacks. You could take a defensive player, Will Anderson or somebody else, number one, and then you're probably still going to have a high pick next year and you can get a quarterback next year. Whatever it is, the number one pick's a lot more valuable than number two. And uh, I think the Colts probably back into this win by default because you would be idiotic to win this game if you're Lovey Smith. Be idiotic for the Bears to win as well with a shot that Lovey Smith could actually get them the one seed by winning a game. <laughs> no doubt. One, and that's why I thought the Bears that, should yeah. have benched Justin Fields last week mm-hmm. and not try yeah. to, you know, not win that game in Detroit by accident. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, speaking of benching or not benching players, looks like Tampa Bay is going to be putting their starters out on the road against Atlanta, which kind of makes no sense because they're locked up in their number four seed no matter what. Atlanta now a four and a half point favorite, despite that news from Todd Bowles uh, totals at 40 in the hook. I get it from the perspective of, I, I guess, not wanting to be rusty. And it's been a tough year for this Buck squad. And you want to get as many reps as possible, Matt. But uh, do you think this is kind of silly for the Bucks to be putting their guys out there? No, no, I actually like it. Uh, but here, here's the key. Also, we haven't talked about this much in week 18. You have to really look at first half plays sometimes more than uh, full game plays. And the Buccaneers might be a prime example here because, and there's going to be a few other examples we'll talk about. But yeah, they're 8-8. Eight and eight. They probably want to finish with a winning season, even though that's not, not a huge deal because they're locked into the four seed. But the big deal for me is the Buccaneers have not been sharp enough to, to sit on their butts in week 18 and think everything's going to be okay. They got to go out and try to sharpen uh, some things up offensively. And I thought they showed some positive signs last week. Go out there and play Brady, play your number one offense in the first half. You have a lead, pull the players in the second half. Why do you need to play them the entire game? But at least play them a half. Keep them sharp, and I think that's a smart way to approach it. But again, that's something you got to think about here in Week 18, too, is instead of laying the points for the full game, you might want to lay the first half with the Bucks. 
Yeah, Mike, is that the way you would approach this one as well? Can you find three in the first half? I don't know. Uh, if you could, I agree with Maddie's side here. You know, the greatest thing for the Bucks is they found Mike Evans after he went sure. what, 13 weeks without a touchdown. And it's then, amazing, isn't it? Then last week. Yeah. They're obviously a different team if Brady has has a threat down the field. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know here. This, to me, I agree with Maddie. Maybe you play the first half here with the Bucks if they're playing it uh, to keep improving here going into that game with probably Dallas in the wild card game. Um, look here if that's the case and they bench everybody at halftime or they start to pull them in the second quarter. I'd look at a second half under because yeah. they're going to run the ball a lot no and try to get to the locker room and get onto the wild card round. That's a great point, too. There's a lot of things you have to look at at week 18. Yeah. No, and yeah, by the way, two in the hook is the highest number you can get for the first half if you want to look at Tampa mm. Bay. So uh, no threes out there right now, but we still got some time before kickoff. Carolina and New Orleans next, gentlemen. We saw New Orleans open up as a three-point favorite. Now they got the hook on their side as well. Total open 39. Now it's up to 42. Mike, is there anything even worth considering in this game? Saints have played well down the stretch here. Um, maybe they continue that momentum, but the same can be said about the Panthers, who was a team left for dead trading McCaffrey and Wilkes. I mean, they had our, they had every chance to win that game. <laughs> they didn't cover as a sick beat if you if you know you had them with the points as some of us might have uh, last week in Tampa Bay. I think both teams want to finish this year off on a positive note. Um, Darnold played decently for them uh, down the stretch here, so. That number's probably right sitting at three. I don't I don't think there's a, of an advantage to one side or the other here, Danny. Yeah, no strong opinion, but I would probably lean towards taking a three and a half with the Panthers, who I thought deserved a better fate last week <laughs> in Tampa. And, uh, you know, who knows? These guys might still be playing to get Steve Wilkes to the full-time job. Sure. I, he seems to be a player's coach. They, they want him to get the job. And if they can go to New Orleans and get a win to finish the season, maybe they can make uh, one last uh, case for Steve Wilkes. Yeah, I got nothing here. But now that it's at three in the hook, if I had to play it, I think looking at Carolina would be the right side to take a gander at. Uh, guys, we got Buffalo and New England next. Again, still a lot of uncertainty about this game and Buffalo in general. But if we're just able to speculate now, uh, this spread, it looks like at several outlets, not all of them because some don't have it posted. But seven points is what Buffalo is laying at home against New England. If the Patriots win, they are the seventh seed. So it's, of course, a must-win game for New England. But they're such a big underdog here. Uh, totals at 42 in the hook. Mike, how, how is uh, Circa handling this game as of this moment? And then, of course, your thoughts on this matchup. It's off the board, Danny. It's off the board until we know for sure that they're going to play the game. Um it's off the board until we know what the NFL's doing with the playoff picture. It's off the board for a lot of reasons here. Obviously, it's an important game for the Patriots, no matter what happens. Uh, they're in a spot to get in the playoffs here, remarkably, with this, the season they've had and some of the, the mind, mind-numbing events that have gone on with them and with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as the uh, offensive play caller. So I, 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 I'm probably not interested in the game. If we have a clearer picture of what it means and what it means to Buffalo, um, maybe I get involved, but at this point, I cannot. So the Patriots need a win or losses by the Dolphins and the Steelers to get in. Uh, the Bills probably can't get the one seed because you got to assume the Chiefs are going to beat the Raiders to lock up the one. But the, here's the thing. The Bills could be jumped for the two seed, I believe. I believe the Bengals could jump the Bills for the two seed if the Bills lose this game. Uh, so it would mean something for the Bills. Did we talk about Bill Belichick's strange fourth down decision last week? <laughs> Did we talk about Nick Folks missed extra point? <laughs> you know, seriously, 
the pay this Patriots team has uh, has been uh, bothering me uh, the entire second half of the season. I, I cannot believe that the coaching staff, led by Belichick, has been this brain dead. And the fact that the Patriots are in position to make the playoffs is crazy. <laughs> it's really nonsense that when, they have an opportunity. Yeah, it is. It. it is, because they don't deserve it. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> when you handicap this game, let's say they're going to play it, it might seem like taking seven and a half, which is out there on the Patriots, is a smart way to play it. But I'm not sure I can play the Patriots again after what happened the last couple of weeks with that team. And uh, how do you handicap? You need Dr. Phil to come in and handicap the uh, psychology of the Buffalo Bills at this point. Um, you don't even really want to broach the subject, but there are going to be people who say, well, they want to go out there and win one for DeMar Hamlin. They're going to be inspired. I, you know, I, I think that trivializes the situation. I, I think it's more complex than that, and the, the Bills would have a hard time getting fired up for this game, Mike. I think the whole Hamlin thing has a numbing effect on the league right now. Right. And and how important football is, and people start, in the cosmic sense, grasping what it all means and that. So we'll see how they work through this, but uh, Maddie makes a good point about their psychology. And then, so what do we think then with this Bengals game? Because Cincinnati here is a seven-point favorite, but things are certainly going to alter with their chances to get the number one seed. Uh, 43, the total open, now down to 40 in the hook. And again, Cincinnati, a touchdown favorite at home against Baltimore. The Ravens really have their slot locked up. So, uh, Matt, what do you do in this game? That is, is this one worth getting involved in, or is it kind of just too dicey because of the uncertainties? I don't know you want to lay the points for the Bengals in this spot, even against a, uh, an offense as anemic as the uh, Ravens. It looks like Lamar Jackson's going to be out again, right? And it's going to be Tyler Huntley. And if you watched Huntley on uh, Sunday Night Football, you'd have a hard time wanting to back the Ravens in this spot. But what you'd have to do is back the Ravens' defense, hope the Bengals are going to be a little bit flat, and uh, take the points. Uh, there was seven and a half out there. Now it's seven. Um now, I, I think I would probably take the points or pass, and I'm probably going to pass on this one. I think along Maddie's line of thinking, I like the under in this spot. Uh, yeah. I think the, the, the thing that isn't talked about the most in the NFL this year is the Bengals' defense, which I think separates it from yeah. Kansas City and even Buffalo. I think right. they have a better defense than Buffalo. I think they're better coached than Buffalo, mm-hmm. and I think they're more talented defense than Buffalo. Mm. Um, and I, people that have Bengals' futures, I think, are very live. But I look at 43 here. What is Baltimore going to score in this game? 10? Actually, uh, 41 is the highest number oh, really? I see out there right now. Okay. Yeah, so, open 43, yeah. now now down to about 40 in the hook, I, but a couple 41s out there. Yeah, I'd, I'd go under 41 anyhow here. I, I, I think that, uh, to Matt's point, a little bit subdued here. The mood's going to be subdued in Cincinnati yeah. after coming off that Monday night thing, and the Ravens are really challenged offensively right now. Yeah. Um, and so, not to get involved with the seven, I'd rather go under. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of like that angle. I mean, I, I considered teasing down Cincinnati, but again, because of you don't really know what's circulating with this situation, it doesn't lead you to be as tempted to do that. I think under 41, as you're mentioning, Mike, could be the right play to make as you've already seen the under uh, get some love from 43 now down to 41. A couple still available out there at several outlets. All right, guys, let's talk an NFC North matchup, Chicago and Minnesota. We've uh, teased this one a little bit, but no Justin Fields, finally, for the Bears. They played him last week, which I didn't necessarily hate because it's another chance to go against 
a familiar opponent, but if you're going to have him out there, why are you only letting him throw the ball 20 freaking times? It makes no sense. And he got sacked, I think, seven times mm -hmm. in that last game. So, yeah, best to just keep him out right now. You're trying to get that top draft pick. Nathan Peterman coming in at starting quarterback against the Minnesota team who one is still vying to get a higher seed than the San Francisco 49ers and two probably don't want to have your starters last reps being a game where you were embarrassed by your rival in the Green Bay Packers. So with all of that Minnesota goes up now to either about a seven and a half or eight point favorite. I used them, gentlemen, in a teaser. I told you I did Jacksonville down. Minnesota was another team that I utilized in that spot. And I'll talk about another teaser I had with Minnesota as well. But because of all those reasons, I just don't see how Minnesota loses this game. And I realize that the Vikings can be absolutely asinine from time to time. But the Bears have outdone them pretty much every single time they've played each other as of late or just in every game this year. So I, with Peterman and this crap <laughs> Bears defense, there's no way Minnesota should be blowing this game, Mike. No, I think you have a team that wants to win, needs to win in Minnesota. You don't want to go to San Francisco in the divisional round mm -hmm. if they get through the Giants or Packers or whoever right. they have to get through. Um, remember when they went to New Orleans a couple years ago and beat the Saints and then they had to go to San Francisco the next week? That was not even a game. Yep. Um, and the Bears do not want to win because they want to you know, have a shot at the one seed. Sure. So, yeah, the Vikings are obviously the first leg in my teaser. Smart smart move here by the Bears to start Nathan Peterman. Should have done it last week. Uh, they would have saved Justin Fields more of a physical pounding. Like you said, he got sacked seven times, suffered a hip injury. I really don't know why he played in that game. One point I brought up on the uh, Saturday night NFL show we do here at Circa was um, – the fact that Nathan Peterman's your backup quarterback to Justin Fields makes no sense whatsoever. You can't run the same offense with those quarterbacks, so why would Peterman be your backup? you got to do what Baltimore Ravens do, a smart thing. They have Lamar mm -hmm. Jackson as their starter, and then they have the number two and number three quarterbacks who are in the model of Lamar Jackson. So you can run the same offense when your starter goes down. The Bears can't run the same offense with Peterman at quarterback. I have a video here that I saved on Twitter of Nathan Peterman's five interception first half uh, in 2017. Do you remember that game? Was that in Carson? Was that in that little soccer stadium where the Chargers were playing at the time? Well, it was the Bills Chargers game. Yeah, it was. In, I think they were playing in Carson then. They weren't still in San Diego. They got the white Chargers helmet yeah. in the middle of the field. I can't tell yeah. uh, which stadium it is. I remember. Five picks in the first half, and this guy's still in the league. Why would he be your number two quarterback? You mean to tell me he's a top 64 quarterback? No, there's no chance. <laughs> There's no well, chance. Matt, so, Danny, Simeon I guess the bottom the line is. Stringer, but he's yeah. injured. So, who? Trevor Simeon was the second string quarterback, right. and then he's on the IR. So now it's Peter. Well, why would Trevor Simeon even be your second string quarterback and Nathan Peterman <laughs> be your third? He went I mean, to Northwestern, so they're giving him the home city advantage, I guess, you know. <laughs> Northwestern won one game this year. Yeah. And. Uh, Scott Frost. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't like Scott to talk Frost. about that game, guys. Scott Frost. I think, I think they beat the North Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yeah. I don't know. I was at the game. I can't remember it. The uh, the keg machine broke. Everybody was getting free drinks, so that was the best part of the but game. But anyway, bottom line here, Danny, is I agree with you. If I think the Vikings are a decent teaser option here. Nathan Peterman's probably not going to go out and win this game for the Bears. Yeah, I would be shocked if that was the case. And uh, most Bears fans would be pissed if that ended up happening. Danny, what's the My verdict on Eberflus after year one here there in Chicago? I've gone back and forth. I think I've had more issues with Getsy and his play calling. But Eberflus, you got to give him credit in the sense that 
He has had this team fighting in every game, even though it hasn't looked pretty in a lot of situations. Because, Mike, you know, we've talked about this several times and you've brought it up that I was basically saying that, look, the Bears aren't going to win a lot of games, but they'll be they'll be gritty. They'll kind of be fighting and clawing in a lot of these spots. And, th- and that's pretty much what happened. And as a defensive guy, you're concerned because their defense is arguably the worst in the NFL. But you also understand you're playing with a talentless roster. So, I, look, Eberflus. I, I got to give him at least another year to fully get a judgment on him. But overall, not terrible, a little bit better in terms of rallying the guys than I thought he would be. Uh, what's your guys' consensus on it? Well, it's early, but I don't know. In the, the To your point, Gritty might have applied to the first 12 or 13 weeks, but the last month, they've gotten mm-hmm. worse in the second half than they were in the first half. In all, all right. these games, they can't get to the finish line. It's like they play... 35, 40, 45 minutes, and that's it. They've, they've been terrible second-half team. Bears have a ton of cap space. Uh, they're going to have to make some big moves here in the offseason. I, I don't think you can even really put a grade on him until after year two. It's kind of like Matt Nagy. He came in. He had a good first year, but that was a complete fluke. And Nagy went straight downhill after that, and he was a joke. Um, so uh, I'm going to give him an incomplete, and uh, let's talk about it this time next year. I think you have a much better read on Eberflus, but I'm not crazy about him at this point. Yeah, I'm right there with him, Matt. All right, guys, Seahawks and Rams next. If the Packers lose and the Seahawks win earlier in the day because they play before them, then Seattle is in the postseason. Seattle opened up as a three-point favorite, now up to as high as six in the hook, although six is a consensus number in favor of the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Total open 42 in the hook, now down to 41 in the hook. Uh, Mike, I'm curious, is this a team that is going to make the second leg of your teaser with just getting Seattle to win this game outright? Yep, that's the second half of my teaser, is teasing Seattle down with the Vikings. I don't hate laying the six here. The Rams don't have much to play for here. You saw it last week against the Chargers. I actually thought they'd give the Chargers a better game. I did too. Uh, It's a small act of God what the Broncos did to make the Rams look good on Christmas Day. It it really is. I I still don't know really how they did it. They made the Rams look... Uh, like the team they were last year. But a lot to play for here. Uh, I wrote a remarkable thing if somehow Pete Carroll got this team to the playoffs uh, and, and Geno Smith. But um, teaser like two, Danny. Yeah, this is one of those uh, nothing-everything games in Week 18 where one team has nothing to play for, the other team has everything to play for. So that doesn't mean you necessarily want to lay the points, and that backfires in a lot of situations. But the Rams were so bad last week against the Chargers that I could not even consider playing the Rams here in this spot. you got to think Pete Carroll's going to have his team jacked up for this opportunity. I'd lay the six or play it on a teaser. I think that's where you have to go with the Seahawks. Yep, completely agree with what you guys are saying. I haven't done anything yet, but I'll probably add them to some teaser going on. But Seattle in a prime spot to solidify their playoff position against a Rams team who you guys said. I mean, they have nothing to play for. Baker's playing for his job, certainly, but no one's going to blame you if you lose against the Seahawks team that's desperate. So, again, good opportunity for Seattle. Six-point favorites right now. Philadelphia and the Giants are next. Obviously, the Eagles need this game to solidify the number one seed. Uh, They're up to a 14-point favorite against a team in New York that doesn't need to do anything in this game. Total from 40 in the hook, now up to 43. Mike, I'll let you take the stage first. Is there anything even worth it, despite it being a huge spread? Again, it means a lot to the favorite, nothing to the Giants virtually. Yeah, uh... 
With the quarterback uncertainty with the Eagles or with Minshew playing, I don't know how I can lay 14 points in this game. The Giants are locked into the six. I think, of course, they hope San Francisco yeah. wins so they can go to Minnesota. You saw they almost forced overtime. They know they can yeah. probably play with the Vikings here. Um, so I'm a pass on this game. Uh, Eagles need to somehow find their form again. Uh, and, of course, don't want to give up, go from a one to a five. Right. <laughs> I, I assume Jalen Hurts is going to start, and when the Eagles get a big lead, they're going to pull him out of the game. And and that's why laying 14 points is going to be a little bit risky here. Brian Dable says he's he says he's not going to rest starters, but I'll believe that when I see it. I, I think he might start Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, some of those key guys, and then pull him out of the game early. Uh, but I think the most likely scenario here is that uh, Hurts starts, the Eagles get up big, they pull him and some other guys out, just try to win the game. I, I would probably lean towards taking a 14, if anything. Would you play the Eagles in the first half? <laughs> I think you have to consider that, yeah. too, yes. Yeah, I had the Eagles over 13 and a half adjusted season win total bet, so obviously needing Philly to come through here, but it's 14-point favorites. Uh, hoping that can be the case with that matchup. Matt Eumanns, uh, who is your coach of the year? Uh, Brian Dable. Me, too. <laughs> you know, there were a lot of guys, there were a lot of analytics guys and other media folks who were saying the Giants were their 32nd rated team going into the season. If not the Giants, maybe the Seahawks or Texans, but the Giants were in that bottom five. And uh, Brian Dable has done amazing work with Daniel Jones and that offense. And think about the the lack of receiving talent they had. Just the way he's kind of changed the culture, too. So Dable gets uh, my vote, even though, Mike, we don't have an official vote. We don't have a vote. I mean, he was 14, 15 to 1 last week, and he's down to 354 now. So there's wow. some momentum behind it. Yeah. I know Sirianni's still the favorite, and now a lot of you know people talking about Peterson with Jacksonville possibly winning the division. But, you know, Matt, I probably count on one hand the number of head coaches in the NFL I think are good game managers. Mm-hmm. I watch Dable. He doesn't make mistakes with the clock, sure. with his timeouts, with his challenges. Yep. I think he's amazing for his first time as a head coach. He's very sure in how he manages these games. He, he looks like one of the best head coaches in the league to me. I, I don't see many weaknesses yeah. in him. Yeah, the coach of the year has got to be in this game. It's Dable yep. or it's Sirianni. <laughs> yeah, Dable, unfortunately, not getting set up for as good of an opportunity. But, yeah, look, I, I think it's 1A, 1B with you, fellas. I think either way, I'm not really going to be – shaking my fist regardless of who the winner is because Sirianni has been the overwhelming favorite for quite some time but Dable has certainly done you know just as much if not more with a lot less and getting a team led by Daniel Jones to the playoffs should give you some type of award that's for sure uh guys speaking of awards so the next game San Francisco and Arizona look the 49ers are a 14 point favorite totals at 40 in the hook uh, Mike let me ask you this is, is there a legitimate case to be made for Brock Purdy offensive rookie of the year does he deserve to win this or is there not enough of a sample size well I think if Kenneth Walker has a big game he's probably going to win it but if he doesn't um you know is Wilson can Wilson pick up the piece this is sort of an open race so I bet Purdy after his second start at 22 to 1 sitting around 9 to 1 right Mm -hmm. now still a bit of a long shot but you know he goes undefeated here and he guides them and yeah, I know the sample size isn't it big, but I don't think anyone really went out there and took this award this year, so right. it's still possible. I think so. <laughs> I know he's only played, this would be, what, six, six. games? Mm-hmm. And typically a guy would need to play more games than that to win this type of award, but he is uh, he's convinced me that he's, he's a worthy winner of the award. He stepped into a, really a pressure-packed situation. 
and with no experience, has played extremely well. And I, I could back, I could back that. I could back. I like your bet, Mike. I think uh, Brock Purdy right now be the guy I would pick, unless, like you said, Kenneth Walker goes out there and runs for two hundred yards this week against the Rams. He might get it. Uh, as far as handicapping this game, this is another one where you might want to look at the 49ers first half because they could start to sit guys if they see the Philly gets up big on the Giants. And that would be the most likely scenario here. The Cardinals got to be kind of a hopeless team again this week. David Blau's starting a quarterback. I thought he played really well last week, but still he's got no DeAndre Hopkins. He doesn't have many weapons around him. How could the Cardinals uh, pull this off? I think you got to look at Niners, especially in the first half here. All right, guys, let's talk Denver and Los Angeles, the Chargers being in our next matchup. Uh, We talked about this briefly, but the Chargers did open up as about a three-point favorite. But with the indication that the Chargers may not be playing some guys, may not be needing this game, it's now flipped to the Broncos as high as a three-point favorite. Earlier today, it came down to one and a half, but now again, we see it at two in the hook. Couple shops have three. I believe Cirque even has three posted uh, where you guys are located right now. Total open 37 in the hook now up to 40. Is everything I've seen, Matt, and I know you're always watching the NFL network and really close to what all these coaches are saying. Brandon Staley, it looks like they're playing their starters and he still wants to win this game because the difference is they're currently in the fifth seed. And if they win, they're going to clinch that spot. So it comes down to, okay, do they want to play the winner of the Jags and the Titans? Or do you want to take the risk if you lose against the Broncos to potentially play Buffalo, Cincinnati or Kansas City? Right. So to me, I I see this as still an incentivized spot for the Chargers. And I kind of like the idea of teasing them up from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. Am I am I kind of crazy for thinking that? Don't the Chargers still have that motivation to look for? I think so. But it's interesting. This number moved from Chargers minus three and a half to plus three. Mm hmm. That tells you somebody out there believes that Brandon Staley's not really going to play as starters. I Because initially, I thought he would. In that five seed, I thought that uh, Staley is the type of guy who was going to play Justin Herbert and uh, keep all those guys on the field this week. But that's a dramatic line shift. So I'm not quite sure what to make of this game. Also, I'm going to throw this at Mike as a, uh, a sidebar to this game. Why would Jim Harbaugh want to go to the NFL? Why would he want the Broncos job? And why would the Broncos want him? Well, the first question is probably the easiest to answer in that he's gotten to the playoff twice and, and not been able to get it done. He did beat Ohio State, so there's still that feeling with him at Michigan. But I think the job he's got's the best. The, the bigger question is the Broncos' job. This, this, I it's think a bad this, job right now, isn't it's it? It's the worst job in the league. Huh. And you could argue the Rams because of the draft picks, right. but I still think you've, your saddle to Russell Wilson makes this job worse than the Rams' job. Uh-huh. And I, I think Harbaugh would have to wait for a better opportunity if he wanted to go. And I don't think it's about money for him. I really don't. No, I don't either. I mean, he's got enough money to adopt every uh, child that's born to an unwed mother or whatever uh, in the world. So he, he's not hurting for money. Um, yeah, it would, it would be silly to it's me. Ego. Mitch and Paul asked, why wouldn't Derek Stevens donate a few million to keep him at Michigan? I said, would he want to? And it's not, it's not about money. I think it's yeah. ego. It's yeah. ego with Harbaugh. Yeah. It always is. He's got a giant ego. But uh, Let me ask you this okay. question. I posed this on the show with your buddies, Mitch and Paul. Which Harbaugh will be more likely to be in his current job in the next in three years from now? 
John or Jim? Well, I would have to say John because Jim might not be in this job yeah. next month. I don't know that John's in Baltimore in three years. I just think his message has gotten kind of old. Oh, sure. I and, mean, he's uh, you, they've been there lost, a long time. They've lost as many inexplicable games as the Raiders. Nobody's talking about it because they're a playoff team. And also, <laughs> they might have to remake this uh, this yeah. whole deal because everything's built around Lamar, Lamar. Jackson. It looks like he's on the way out. Uh, I thought John Harbaugh might be out of Baltimore last year. Yeah. Uh, but still, Jim Harbaugh... I think he's got a great situation in Michigan. He's on the. He's this close. He's sniffing a national championship. Uh, why would you leave? Why would you leave now and then go to the NFL and take a job where with the Broncos you have no shot to get to a Super Bowl in the next few years? No shot, Mike. I'd stay in a division with James Franklin. And, yeah, no doubt. And Mel, Mel Tucker <laughs> and even Ryan Day. Yeah, Ryan right. Day had a minute 11 and two timeouts, and he couldn't center the ball. That know, is unforgivable. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. Brutal, brutal all around. Hey, I want to say this, but this Staley is strange. Who knows what he's thinking? He why is. wouldn't you want to – listen, in your path, why wouldn't you want to go play Jacksonville, who embarrassed you in week three – embarrassed right. you and i'd rather go to kansas city than cincinnati or buffalo you know you can play sure. with the chiefs there is a lot of motivation here but mm -hmm. to matt's point somebody knows something about their motivation in this game or their plan of attack that the line moves six and a half points it's tricky that's for sure i mean and, and at the same time look denver i, I mean like Denver's just a complete mess. Their defense is slightly regressed. That was the only good thing about them. It's just, it's so weird how this line is moved based on what Brandon Staley's comments are. So if it is really going to be a case of they're not playing their guys, all right, so be it. But Staley hasn't indicated that's going to be the case up until this point based on everything he said. And I don't know. I, I get that they played close against Kansas City, but I, I would still think Jacksonville would be the better matchup for them. That's just... My personal view Probably, on but it's, it's, it's not a big spot. difference. I, I don't know if it's a big difference because I actually think the Chiefs are, are ripe to be knocked off early in the playoffs. I do. I would rather have that path of Jacksonville, Kansas City, than have a path where you have yeah. to go through Cincinnati and Buffalo. Yeah, <laughs> right. I would too, for <laughs> yeah. sure. All right, guys, let's talk about Dallas and Washington next. Cowboys up to a seven-point favorite. Total open 39 in the hook, now up to 41. Uh, again, Dallas can technically compete for that number one seed and to get over Philly. But look, Philly's got to lose their game. And realistically, that is not happening. Is this just kind of like a, you look to tease Dallas down or something like that, Matt? How do you approach this spot? I think you could do that. And that's uh, that's a decent option. Sam Howe's going to be a quarterback. Commanders had 11 players on the injury report who did not participate in practice on Wednesday. So that's a banged up Washington team that really has... Uh, no motivation at this point. Ron Rivera, as a coach, seems completely clueless at this point. Does he know he can't get in the playoffs yet? <laughs> I think he figured it out this week. <laughs> Dallas was a five-and-a-half-point favorite on Monday, and I thought, man, that line's a little bit light. It's up to seven. Uh, I think you have to lay it if you're going to play it, and I, I would probably just tease this down, um, tease it down because – the Cowboys need – they do need a good performance. Dak Prescott's been sloppy. Too, way too many turnovers. The defense has been in decline here for the last six weeks or so. Uh, so I think the Cowboys want to have a positive performance on the way into the playoffs. But I don't feel good about laying the points. I would just tease it. Mike, what do you think? I think this is an end game where you watch that Philadelphia game and see if Philadelphia's got any struggle. If the Giants keep it close, you know yeah. Dallas is going to be scoreboard watching. Sure, no doubt. And you have to look at it from that perspective. If Philly gets out to a three-score lead, I think 
you know, you can back off. But if Dallas has a shot here, you know, at winning this division by winning this game, this might be a second half play, if anything. You know, I've got a couple bets on the Eagles to win the division at plus 185. Huh. I didn't think I was going to have to sweat that. Uh, and if Jalen Hurts starts this week, I should not have to yeah. sweat it. But you're right. The Cowboys are going to be scoreboard watching. And that, that's one of the dangers here, I think, with laying the seven, is if the Eagles are blowing out the Giants, then the Cowboys might start to pull some guys from the game in the second half. Okay, final game with tons of playoff implications riding this is the Packers and the Lions. This one getting flexed to the primetime spot. So if the Packers win... They are in. It's as simple as that. But if the Packers lose and the Seahawks win earlier in the day, then, of course, Seattle is in. But for Detroit to get in, the Seahawks have to lose their game earlier against the Rams. Right. And then they have to beat the Packers. So kind of a tough road here for Detroit. They'll be able to find out what the result is by the time they kick off. But right now, before anything has begun, Green Bay currently a four and a half point favorite. They opened at three in the hook. Total is shot up from 47 up to as high as 49 and a half. Mike, how do you gauge this game? Is it just kind of a wait-and-see approach, or are you willing to maybe do something before we find out what happens with the Seahawks? Well, the worst thing is there's what we all suspected. They would flex this game, and now it's played at night in Lambeau, which is worse for golf. Right. And, and the temperature obviously dropping after dark there. Um, it, it's a tough spot. I mean, I, I would not take the four-and-a-half in this, in this case. I would probably lay it, but who knows? I'm more interested in, will everybody say nobody wants to play the Packers in the playoffs? I mean, this team, nobody I'm wants to play. starting to hear that this yeah, week. Here we yeah, go. here we go. Here we go with this. It's, it's, you know, it's interesting. If Seattle loses, maybe this becomes a game where you could play, but I don't foresee the Seahawks losing. I certainly won't have a bet on this game more than an hour before kick. <laughs> yeah, I think in-game might be the better way to play this one. I, I do think you're going to get a great effort from the Lions no matter what. Dan Campbell's going to have this team fired up to uh, to play at Lambeau. And, you know, they can also try to play the spoiler role against the Packers. I'm not laying the four and a half here, and I'm just going to play this. Uh, this is going to be a wait and see. I, I think the big emphasis, one thing you have to remember going into week 18, which we've talked about, consider first half plays in some of these games. As Mike mentioned a couple times, second half unders also. And uh, those are things you really have to keep an eye on this week. Danny, as of right now, I really have no idea how to play the Lions-Packers game, though. Yeah, I'm kind of, of course, like you guys are saying, you got to wait almost to see what happens with the Seahawks game. And assuming that the Seahawks can handle the Rams, where do you think this line moves? Because also what you guys are saying, I mean, Dan Campbell is the guy who's going to have his players motivated regardless. You want to cap off the season on a great note, and you have a chance to be spoiler to your rival in Green Bay. So. Do you think this number touches seven? No, Does it no, six in the hook so. no, no shot. No I think shot. six at the highest. What do you six think? I, I can uh, see like six uh, in the hook. I feel no. like I wouldn't be shot. I don't think you'll get to six and a half. Uh, I think, but I'd almost, I would be more tempted to look toward Detroit still, even if they know they're going to lose that game, right? If yeah. it gets up to like six, aren't you tempted to look toward the Lions then? You're tempted to tease the Packers at that point is what happens. Yeah. <laughs> True. You put tack- Packers in, but of course you can't. But you got no one to tease them with at that well, point. Well, yeah, you're teasing NBA totals or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, gentlemen. Well, we have gone through the entire slate for NFL Week 18. Mike, I'll let you take the floor first in terms of your official plays you've got loaded as of this moment. What are the records, Danny, here heading into this final pod? Or well, I guess we'll do playoffs, but the last week of the season. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Mike, you are listed at 30, 20, and 1. Last week, you end up 1-1, one and one, so you yeah. have been having yourself a consistently steady season. Holding us down while I've been completely slack and went over <laughs> last week, 59 and 67 for your boys. So thank God Mike's been holding us down for the big Sunday slates. But uh, yeah, so uh, what, are we, what are we dialing up here? I know you got the teaser. Uh, let's hear it. Okay, three plays officially so that Bill can put this on the, the email for the pro subscribers. Bengals under 41, Steelers under 40, and my teaser is Viking Seahawks. I'm going to probably myself, but because of my position, I am probably going to tease the Titans up to 13 and Minnesota down as my hedge on my Jaguars future and hope to middle that one. <laughs> okay. Matt, yourself? You know, I think there are a lot of teaser opportunities. I'll, I'll avoid. We talked about a bunch of different options. I'll avoid those for best bets for now. I'll take Titans plus six and a half, the number here at Circa. I will take Raiders plus nine and a half, Giants plus fourteen, because I do think the Eagles get a big lead and then sit Hurts and a bunch of guys. They just need to win the game. I'll be the sucker and lay the two and a half with the Steelers. It's a suspicious <laughs> number, and. Uh, the last play, I think, will be Colts minus two and a half. And I'm going to do this because I don't believe the Texans can be dumb enough to win this game and lose the number one pick. I want to get there with the other Colts. <laughs> I don't know if I can muster. I know it's Kurt, not easy. I... <laughs> it's not easy. And sometimes, Danny, you got to make wonky plays in week 18. That's right. That's the theme of this week, baby. Wonky. And we're trying to get some wonky winners. All right. As for myself, uh, I got the teaser here with uh, Jacksonville down to a pick. Minnesota minus one in the hook. I'm actually going to tease up the Chargers plus eight and a half, thinking that based on what Staley has said, that they are going to play their guys and that hey, even if it's not going to be the prettiest of games, which seldom it is for the Chargers, I'm at least catching eight in the hook. And then uh, pairing that with Minnesota once again is the other leg of the teaser. And then I'm with Matt. I, I took the Steelers there on the money line against the Browns. Leaning with the Colts. Don't know if I uh, officially am going to get there. So that's what I got. Three plays heading into week 18. It would be, it would, uh, I just got a part on this. It would be historically stupid for the Texans to win that game in Indianapolis. <laughs> but that wouldn't be surprising for Lovey Smith to do something huh? like that, right? I think you're selling him. Lovey short. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. The, the, the guy's been able to stay in coaching for 40 years. I mean. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> All right, guys, before we head out, uh, any final thoughts before we kick this one goodbye? Well, you know, we're just hoping for the best for Hamlin and that the NFL can work out an equitable situation with the playoffs in the AFC because it should be one of the best playoffs we've seen in a while. I mean, I think there's strength all the way through here, really. Uh, and the, the, the top three and four, even if it's Jacksonville, are very good. And, you, and you know, you think about the Ravens, if Jackson's back, they could be dangerous. The Chargers, of course, are with Fields. I mean, um, so I think you get six really viable teams in the AFC, and we just hope everything works out equitably here. All right. I'll echo his thoughts. Well said by Mike. Absolutely. Mike Palm at Mike Palm Circa, where you can follow him on Twitter at Matt Humans 247 for myself at Danny Burke 5. Appreciate all of you tuning in to another episode of Easton's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Enjoy the slate of games. Best of luck. We will be back next week. Brady Cannon and I will have an early preview and then we'll get this trio rocking again. So Brady's in the mix, gentlemen. Don't worry about it. We still got some action from Mr. Las Vegas golfers. So uh, a lot of fun to look forward to. And that's going to be a wrap again. Best of luck and take care.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.